0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of embryology from the Basic Science section on orthobullets.com. In this discussion of embryology, we will primarily focus on limb development as well as spine and spinal cord development. We'll start with limb development. So as a brief overview, the appendicular system forms between 4 to 8 weeks of gestation. Limb bud development appears to be under the control of fibroblast growth factors. An enlargement of the limb bud is due to the interaction between the apical, ectodermal ridge, and the mesodermal cells in the progress zone. Limb development is first identifiable by transvaginal ultrasound at 8 weeks. As far as the steps of limb development, the first step is that the notochord expresses the sonic hedgehog gene. Sonic hedgehog regulates limb bud formation, and the limb bud is a combination of the lateral plate mesoderm and the somatic mesoderm. The limb bud then grows outward into the ectoderm, and this is called the apical ectodermal ridge. The limb bud forms at embryonic stage 12, which corresponds to 26 days after fertilization. Next, the mesenchyme condenses into the preskeletal blastema at the core of the limb bud. Chondrification occurs when the mesenchyme differentiates into chondrocytes. All upper limb bones are endochondral except distal parts of the distal phalanges, which are membranous. Chondrification occurs from proximal, that is the humerus, 36 days after fertilization, to distal, that is the distal phalanges, 50 days after fertilization. Factors required for chondrification include the transcription factors SOX-5, SOX-6, and SOX-9, as well as the transforming growth factor superfamily, that is TGF-beta and BMP2, and also the FGF family, where receptor mutation leads to acrocephalosyndactyly, otherwise known as Apert syndrome. Patients with severe craniofacial features have mild hand syndactyly, and this corresponds to a gain of function in the FGFR2 gene, which has an affinity for FGF2 expressed in the craniofacial area. Patients with mild craniofacial features have severe hand syndactyly, and this corresponds to a loss of function in the FGFR2 gene, which has a specificity for FGF2 and is now able to bind FGF10, which is more expressed in the hands. Factors that can affect the FGF family include the retinoids, hedgehog gene products, PTHRP, cadherins, Wnt5a, and Wnt7a. Formation of joints requires repression of chondrogenesis at sites of future joints. Proteins involved include Wnt4, Wnt14, growth and differentiation factor 5, also known as cartilage-derived morphogenic protein 1, and the shoulder interzone appears at 36 days and the hand interzone appears at 47 days. With respect to finger separation, digital rays are evident within the hand paddle at embryo stage 17, which corresponds to an intrauterine age of 41 days. Interdigital mesenchyme cells undergo programmed cell death from embryo stage 19 to 22, which corresponds to an intrauterine age of 47 to 54 days. Transcription factor MSX2 is expressed in interdigital mesenchyme, which regulates the BMP4-mediated programmed cell death pathway. Transcription factor HOC-7 is also expressed in interdigital zones. As far as limb patterning, with respect to proximal distal patterning, the first signaling center to appear is the apical ectodermal ridge, which controls proximal to distal growth and forms under FGF-10 stimulation. removal defect in the apical ectodermal ridge results in proximal limb truncation. An example of this is a central deficiency like a cleft hand. Another example is radial club hand, radial dysplasia, or absence of a radius. FGFs expressed in the apical ectodermal ridge include FGF4, FGF8, FGF9, and FGF17. FGF8 is expressed earliest and is obligatory for normal limb development. FGF4, FGF9, and FGF17 are redundant. Disrupted FGF signaling leads to arrested limb development. As far as anteroposterior or radial ulnar limb growth, remember that ulnar is posterior and radial is anterior. The second signaling center to appear is the zone of polarizing activity along the posterior limb bud. Grafting zone of polarizing activity on the anterior limb margin leads to mirror image digit duplication, for example ulnar dimelia or mirror hand. The signaling molecule for anteroposterior limb growth is the sonic hedgehog compound and it is dose-dependent. Normally, you will have a high concentration of sonic hedgehog on the posterior or ulnar side for small finger development, and you will have a low concentration of sonic hedgehog on the anterior or radial side for thumb development. As far as posterior slash ulnar side abnormalities, abnormal upregulation of sonic hedgehog in the zone of polarizing activity results in polydactyly on the ulnar or posterior side and the extent of the duplication is dose-dependent, meaning higher doses leads to more replication. Downregulation of sonic hedgehog on the posterior-slash-ulnar side leads to loss of ulnar digits. As far as anterior-slash-radial-side abnormalities, abnormal upregulation of sonic hedgehog in the anterior aspect of the limb bud, where sonic hedgehog concentration is supposed to be low, leads to loss of the thumb. As far as timing, posterior elements, like the little finger and ulna, are formed early, prior to anterior elements, which are formed late, like the radius and the thumb. Disruption of anterior-posterior patterning will result in loss of later forming elements, like the radius and the thumb. As far as the dorsal-ventral axis, the third signaling center is the non-apical ectodermal ridge slash Wnt signaling center, otherwise known as the progress zone. Dorsal limb ectoderm expresses Wnt-7a, which activates LMX-1b, or limb homeodomain factor to regulate dorsal patterning. Wnt7a is responsible for all dorsal features, including the nails. The ventral ectoderm expresses EN1, or engrailed 1 protein, which is antagonistic to Wnt7a, and so it inhibits Wnt7a and restricts it to the dorsal ectoderm. The expression of the engrailed 1 protein by the ventral ectoderm allows ventral limb development. Key genes to know include the sonic hedgehog genes, Hox genes, and Wnt genes, like Wnt7a. The sonic hedgehog genes are secreted by the zone of polarizing activity, and they are involved with Hox gene expression. With respect to anterior-posterior or radio-ulnar growth, the anterior or radial mesoderm expresses ALX4, and the posterior or ulnar mesoderm expresses Hox8. The concentration gradient of sonic hedgehog dictates formation of the digits, the little finger develops where there is highest Sonic Hedgehog concentration. The thumb develops where there is lowest Sonic Hedgehog concentration. Sonic Hedgehog activates Gremlin, which inhibits BMPs that would otherwise block FGF expression in the apical ectodermal ridge. The Hox genes are responsible for anterior, posterior, or radio ulnar patterning, together with Sonic Hedgehog. The Hox genes regulate somatization of the axial skeleton, essentially patterning digit formation. Wnt genes like Wnt7a are expressed in the dorsal non-apical ectodermal ridge otherwise known as the Wnt signaling center and it's responsible for dorsal ventral growth. With respect to mutations removal of the apical ectodermal ridge will cause a truncated limb. Duplication of the zone of polarizing activity will cause a mirror image duplication of the limb. Now let's quickly review the key genes slash regions. In the apical ectodermal ridge, FGF8 is dominant and FGF4, 9, and 17 are redundant, and this region regulates proximal to distal growth and interdigital necrosis. The zone of polarizing activity expresses sonic hedgehog, and this region regulates anterior-posterior, aka radio ulnar, growth. The dorsal, non-apical ectodermal ridge expresses Wnt7a, that activates lmx1b, which regulates dorsal patterning, and overall this region regulates dorsoventral growth. The ventral, non-apical ectodermal ridge expresses en1, which is antagonistic to Wnt7a, and subsequently regulates ventral patterning, and overall this region also regulates dorsoventral growth. Now let's quickly review spine and spinal cord development. The spinal column originates from pairs of mesodermal structures known as somites. Somites develop in a cranial to caudal direction on either side of the notochord and neural tube. This process is dependent on the presence of the paraxis gene. Somite layers include the sclerotome, myotome, and dermatome. The sclerotome layer will become the vertebral bodies and annulus fibrosis. The myotome will lead to myoblasts, and the dermatome becomes the skin. Dorsal-ventral patterning of the neural tube is determined by counteracting activities of the sonic hedgehog gene, which is in the floor plate and the notochord ventrally, and the canonical Wnt-slash-beta-catenin pathway is in the roof plate dorsally. The metameric shift phenomenon is the phenomenon of how the spinal nerves, which originally ran in the center of the sclerotome, exit between the two vertebral bodies at each level. With respect to the progression, the neural crest forms the peripheral nervous system, pia mater, spinal ganglia, and the sympathetic trunk. The neural tube forms the spinal cord, and the notochord cord forms the anterior vertebral bodies and nucleus pulposus. With respect to the ossification centers, the vertebrae have three primary ossification centers, the centrum, which corresponds to the anterior vertebral body, the neural arch, which corresponds to the posterior elements, pedicles, and a small portion of the anterior vertebrae and finally the costal element, which corresponds to the anterior part of the lateral mass, transverse process, or the rib. With respect to the intervertebral disc, the nucleus pulposus forms from the notochord, and the annulus fibrosus forms from the sclerotome. That's all for this brief review about embryology. Hopefully that was helpful. Look out for questions related to this topic on this weekend's question session, and hopefully this episode will have prepared you for that review. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.